Well, hello, my friends. Thanks for joining in to the Purpose Mastermind podcast today. I'm going to have a conversation with Brad Church, who is a friend of mine, a, I would call him a, a fellow trailblazer. Uh, I would call him a brother. Uh, we've never met in person yet, Brad. Look forward to that day. Um, real quickly to give a, Brad is a business analyst. He's a He's one of the facilitators of the Purpose Mastermind, so he's a partner with us. Um, he's an author. He's an author of a book called "The Strangest, The Stranger's Conflict," and uh, I want to ask you about that in a minute, Brad. But first of all, I, I love to ask this question, Brad Church. What do you do for fun? <laughs> well, I I live out in Oregon, and uh, I've finally qualified to get a Pioneer fishing license this year, so. That means we get to fish real cheap. And uh, so I plan on getting that and doing some fishing this year and love going to the coast uh, to hang out over there We're about an hour and 15 minutes from the Oregon coast. And I put together a couple of raised garden beds this year. We're going to start doing some gardening. So do you know time. what you're doing or are you just practicing the gardening thing? Well, I grew up on a small farm and I raised pumpkins to sell to the local stores when I was a teenager. That's fun. Um, I can't say that I've mastered gardening in my adult life, but I enjoy watching things grow and, and harvesting the produce. And, Isn't there something about just doing things that are uh, as old as uh, the earth, just yes. watching something grow from the dirt? Yes. Yes. I've always, I've always been fascinated by farming. I've never done it, but I just, I think it's fascinating to to make a living by what comes from the dirt or what you do with animals. I just think it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of hard work. Respect those people that, that take yeah. that on. Yeah. So tell us about your book, The Stranger's Conflict. Yeah, the Stranger's Conflict, I, I self-published in 2017, and it's it's uh, basically geared towards people who have committed their life to follow Christ and run into that, that conflict that Paul talks about in Romans, where... Um, I, I struggle doing the things that, that I want to do. I end up doing things that I don't want to do. And then there's things that I don't want to do that I end up doing. And it's it's hard to do the things I want to do, but it's too easy to do the things I don't want to do. And, yeah. <laughs> and that whole question of, of that, that inner conflict um, intrigued me. And so I did a bunch of research on it and ended up writing a book um, that talks about how we're put together and why that struggle exists uh, for Christians and, and hopefully gives the reader of the book a little more understanding uh, on their own inner conflict and, and how to live victoriously in Christ. Yeah, I was just talking to someone the other day at a restaurant and he was talking about waking up in the morning and saying a prayer about how, you know, how he wants to live that day. And he said, I just looked at my hands and his hands representing his flesh nature. And he just said, how do you, how are you supposed to do this? Yeah. You know, I, I do want to do it, but I, boy, look yeah. at, look at this flesh nature. That's fascinating. I'm curious why the strangers conflict. Well, scripture is very clear that, that the, I mean, it goes back all the way to Abraham, who was a stranger in a strange land. Right? Yeah. That in Genesis and and believers throughout the Bible have been referred to as strangers. Huh. And, you know, Jesus, when he is in front of Pilate, 
when he was asked by Pilate, are you a king? And he said, my kingdom is not of this world. Uh. And as uh, when we come to Christ, we become citizens of that kingdom. Mm. We're no longer just citizens here on earth, but we're citizens of heaven and strangers mm. and ambassadors of that kingdom here. That's awesome. I love that. Okay, so you and I had a conversation the other day. It's been about a month or so, and it just really resonated with me. And I thought, you know what? We need to have that conversation together uh, with listeners, people to hear. I saw on I saw on uh, social media this this simple quote that was posted, and it said this: ninety seven percent of people who quit too soon work for three per, the three percent who never quit. I'll say it again: ninety seven percent of people who quit too soon, work for the 3% who never quit. And so I sent that to you and I, and I basically asked, what do you think of that? Do you, do you recall? Let's just talk about that because I think about, wow, here's this quote that's blasted out for all eyes to see. And it made me uncomfortable. Did you as well? How yes. did that, how does that quote strike you? You know, it, it, like so many things in the, the positive mental attitude doctrine that, that we read, it, it's just an over, overly simplistic statement, uh, in, in my view. Um, and, and it has the, the potential of putting a lot of guilt on people um, who maybe struggle with, with a sense of uh, do I really keep doing this thing that seems to be unfruitful or do I stop and go in a different direction? And yeah. um, it, it, it's hard to, to in, in, encapsulate truth in pithy little sentences like that. Yeah. And I think that we live in a world, there's so many people that are discouraged. Yes. You know, is is my job a dead end job? Is my is my life going to work out? Mm -hmm. Is my life going to produce the impact it's supposed to produce? Am I supposed to be an entrepreneur doing some supposed great thing? And if you read that quote, ninety seven percent of people who quit too soon work for the three percent who never quit. Yeah, and, and I would think most people who, who read or hear that are thinking that I'm always going to be working for somebody else. Yeah. You know? And and because of that, this quote makes you think that if you're working for someone else, you haven't achieved what your life was supposed to achieve. Right. Yeah. You're a, a lesser person. You know, now that I have grandbabies, I have a, an excuse for getting extra fired up about things. Mm -hmm. But I read that quote and I think, oh, no, don't put that kind of verbiage in front of my grandbabies. Yeah. And only seven months old. But someday I think about them when they're when they're 30 years old, 35 years old, 50 years old. And we all want to think that our life is being fruitful. Yes. Many things in all of our lives. I think 100% of humans 
at some point, sometimes for entire long seasons, wonder if our life is producing the 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 fruit that we feel it should be producing. Mm-hmm. And those times can be full of heavy discouragement. They can, yeah. I've been there myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a it's it's a horrible feeling. Mm-hmm. I think the more that I think the more that and we're we're a lot alike in this. I think both of us are very mission driven. We look at life and you know, why else would you write that book? Right. Not you didn't write that book because you wanted to be a published author. You wrote that book because you wanted to help people. Right. And I think the more that people want to help people, I think the more likely or the more um uh it, there's more potential for us to be discouraged over what's happening seemingly through our life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I you think know, I, go ahead. I, I, I personally I, I love what uh, I I think a um uh I, I forget who the scholar was. I think it was a rabbi actually. He said all work is the same. We're serving God's people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so to think that if I have a different job or or to think Oh, I don't work for anybody. So now I've reached an I've reached an elevated status. Right. right. I think that's um, I think that's baloney. Yes. I do too. And how dare we proclaim to everyone who works for someone that you are at this lower place in life? You know, you you must have quit or you wouldn't work for someone else. Everyone's working for people. Even entrepreneurs have bosses. They're called customers. Yes. <laughs> yes. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. You know, so, I, I was thinking of, of, there was a time in my life where if I had read that statement, it would have, it, it would have really depressed me because I, I grew up uh, being one who never really learned how to follow through and, and complete things. and. And I quit a lot as a teenager. And it wasn't until I I um, moved to a different location and, and started college and started working at, at UPS. And I was on probation at UPS making $6 an hour in 1981. And after six weeks of probation, if you made it through, you, you got to make $12 an hour. Mm-hmm. And $12 an hour in 1981 for a part-time job was an excellent wage. And I remember days in the 100 degrees Southern California heat, just unloading trucks, sweating like a pig, and all my muscles aching. And I just repeat, $12 an hour, $12 an hour, $12 an hour. And I finally made it through probation and and got to that point. And that was one of the the first major times in my life that I saw something through um, to the the completion. And, And I ended up working there for about six years all the way through college. And a couple of years beyond, went on to finish college. And, and those two experiences really taught me how to persevere um, through challenges. But there's been other times in my life where I've, I've pursued a path and, you know, down the road ways into that, into that 
pass, it, it looked a lot different than it did in the in the from the idealistic perspective of fresh beginnings. And I and it was frustrating and and it was like trying to move a concrete wall. And it was obviously time to lay down that stress and not not quit on life, but but find a different direction yeah. to get to where I wanted to go. Yeah. You know, and, and I think it I, I can't say quitting is a great thing, but I can say changing direction and quitting a path to to find a, a better way to achieve what we want to achieve is is definitely warranted at times in life. And and this kind of overly simplistic platitude um I think ends up discouraging more people than it encourages. Yeah. Anyone who's accomplished anything in life quit things along the journey. Definitely. People who have had what maybe seems to be amazing success failed at so many things leading up to it. Mm -hmm. to, To think that any of us as human beings even know what the results of our life should be is probably way above our pay grade <laughs> for me to even think here's what my results should be. Yes. So here's what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to quit until this result happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, who, who's, whose story is that? I, I don't know many people that's their story. No. no, I hear the quote. Is it, is it about Abraham Lincoln or some politician that, you know, failed like 50 times at running for political office? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, he was running for president. It was not his first his first try. He lost a number of elections before he finally was elected president of the United States. Yeah. Yeah, we try something and then pivot to something else and then pivot to something else, pivot to something else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So let's talk about people who maybe as they listen to this this conversation are discouraged and wondering about how their life is turning out. Is my life going to work out? Is my life going to produce a harvest? What do we say to those people? And this wasn't, this wasn't a planned out conversation. We knew the topic, but this question I just asked I just asked because I feel like this conversation kind of begs that we speak into the lives of people who right now are driving down the street thinking, I don't know that that what I'm trying to do with my life is going to work out. Yeah. What do we say to those people? This reminds me so much of of, uh, the movie with Tom Hanks called Castaway. Um. For those who don't know, he was he was a, a real uptight timekeeper who worked for FedEx, and the the plane he was in crashed, and he was stranded on a on an island out in the middle of the ocean for five years. And towards the end of the movie, he he gets picked up and rescued, and and he's talking with his friend, and he's talking about his five years on the island, and and he says, you know, he he. he wanted desperately to get off and he realized he couldn't and he tried to kill himself and that didn't work out and he realized he had control over absolutely nothing on that island he couldn't even kill himself right and so he decided that 
that every day he just needed to get up and breathe. And so that's what he did. Every day he just got up and breathed and survived. And then one day, the tide sent in this half of an outhouse that was a 90-degree corner of it. And he was able to build a raft and use that outhouse as a sail and get over the surf and out into the ocean. And that's how he eventually got rescued. And in that conversation towards the end of the movie with his friend, he says, I just kept getting up every day and breathing. And one day, the tide brought me a sail. And he said, I, I'm feeling lost right now. I've, I've lost everything again now that I'm back here on, on, on the mainland. And he says, I know what I have to do. I have to get up every day and I have to breathe because tomorrow the sun will rise and nobody knows what the tide's going to bring. Mm. And I use that story a lot in my own life when I get discouraged and I share it with a lot of other people because you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. We know the sun's going to rise. And if, we're, if, if we just hang in there and we keep surviving, we don't know what the tide's going to bring tomorrow. Yeah. Our, our, our rescue, our, our encouragement, our new direction could be as far away as a night's sleep. Yeah. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. You mentioned that he, he realized he couldn't control anything Yeah, on that island. And how much is that true of our life? Absolutely. Like that we don't, that we don't, we don't, we don't know where our life is supposed to end up. Mm -hmm. We don't know the exact fruit that should come from our life. And for us to try to control the results or decide the results of our life yeah. and then say, well, if I don't quit, it's going to work. I, th I think, um, I think when we decide the results of our life, we make a decision that was never in our hands to make. I see my life as a farmer and I've been given this small plot of land. It's not big. I'm a normal guy like Brad Church, a normal guy like the person listening to this, just a small plot of land. And I get to take a rake every day and kind of prepare that land and throw some seed in it. And over the course of time, I, you just trust that results come from it. Absolutely. But we don't decide the results. We, we just plant the seed of the gifts that we have. Yeah. And I think that you, you, you started the podcast talking about gardening, and now here we are ending by talking about gardening. And yeah, how I'd, much I'd, I'd throw in one other thing. There was a verse in Proverbs. I think there's a couple of verses in Proverbs that that say something similar, and it says, a man plans his, his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, you know, it's, it's, it's God's purpose and plan for our lives that, that he's working out. Yeah. Yeah, we can trust God as the author and finisher Absolutely. of our faith. Absolutely. He, yeah. he's, uh, he's able to do more exceedingly uh, beyond what we could ask or imagine. Absolutely. You know, if we believe that verse, Brad, 
I believe that in your past and in my past, God has already done more okay. through our lives than we could imagine. Yeah. I believe today in your life and my life, the person listening to this podcast, that God is doing more through your life than you know. Yeah. And I believe in the future, God will do more through our life than we could know, or maybe we'll ever see. Mm -hmm. And so I think the more that we just, uh, you know, like Tom Hanks on the island, just be able to realize, wait, I can't control all this. Yeah. What if, what if, what if I, if I can't control all this, what if I don't need to control all this? What if that was never the way life is lived? And what if I can wake up every day and breathe and go to the field of my life and rake dirt and plant seeds in it? Brad, we'll end it here. But, but Brad, where can people find your book? Uh, it's on Amazon. The Stranger's Conflict. Yeah. I love the premise of it. The Stranger's Conflict. Thank you. Well, Brad, thanks again for joining us and being, thank you for being a friend to me. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate being here. Thank you for uh, being a teammate. Absolutely. And a partner. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to end this podcast with what I always say. And I think Brad means this statement as much as I mean it when I say it. But to anyone listening today, your life has a purpose. You can know that purpose. And you can be set free from anything that's holding you back from living it out boldly. Now go take on the day.